give up on us. Good to see you this morning. Grab your handbook, stand to your feet. Thank you for being here on this Father's Day. Brother Ken's going to come lead us. Let's all stand and sing together this morning. Brother Ken. Amen. We'll be singing out of the Red Book this morning, hymn number 333. Everybody's familiar with this song, I'll Fly Away. We'll sing all three verses this morning, hymn number 333, I'll Fly Away. Sun morning when this life is over. this morning. I'm glad every time we need him, he rescues us if we'll just go to him and ask. You listen as Matt sings, he rescues me.
they had fought a storm all night and the master came walking on the scene be not afraid for it is I in the fourth watch of the night you caught it prayed but I am here and it's alright the storm will raise the winds will blow but they are under my control it won't be long till morning breaks be not afraid hope seems gone the day is done and the night keeps pressing on doctors say that they've done all that they can do around the clock the family prays but helps already on the way without a doubt another doctor's in the room We were practicing last Sunday night and uh, for, for today and for our other that we always do every month. And, and I was trying to get him on that first song to really just belt it out, that song he never gave up. I love that song. And what I told him uh, was to imagine that there was a church across the street uh, and they had to hit the very last pew with their voice. Uh, that's what I meant to say. But what came out was, now don't forget, uh, you're aiming for that street across the church over there. Amen. So when I stood up this morning and I said we were going to sing that song he never gave up, I told him the same thing. Make sure you hit the back church across the street over there. But instead, I said the back street across the church over there. Amen. And then it just hit me. A mind's a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Let me go over some quick announcements. Uh, as always, on Father's Day, no evening service tonight. We invite you to join uh, uh, this day to uh, celebrate your dads uh, if you have them and uh, to celebrate the time with them. So no evening service tonight. Those that are going with us to junior camp meet in the morning at 9 a.m. Uh, we'll leave from here again 
again at 9 a.m. Don't forget, parents, to bring about $20 spending money for those kids. Give that to Miss Leanne. She'll take care of it from there. And then your estimated return time is Friday at noon. And, yes, you do have to pick them back up. Amen. Estimated return day Friday at noon. Keep that in mind if you would. And then I want to say a big thank you to those that have signed up to help us. Our kind of call to service that we did the last few weeks about helping in our nursery. We've had several folks who've signed up, but if you're willing to help out with that, uh, only once a quarter now. We're able to do this once every three months. We would sure appreciate your signing up with Miss Leanne, letting her know that you are willing to do that. Then coming up in just a couple of weeks at Valley Drive Baptist Church, we've been invited. Our youth group and young adults have been invited to participate in their Grace and Truth Youth Revival. Several preachers uh, will be participating, Brother Heath Williams, uh, uh, Brother Hobbs, others, Nathaniel Hobbs, a bunch of others will be there. Uh, Michaela East, who is, of course, was Michaela Matthews uh, with the Rochester. She and Kogan will be there. Uh, that's Friday, June the 30th at 7, and then on Saturday, July the 1st at 5 o'clock. Uh, keep that in mind. I've also given you some updated information, ladies, regarding our Women's Mountain Retreat. The updated prices are in there uh, for those that are going on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. If you're going all three days, the cost is in there. If you can only go Friday and Saturday, it was the $40 that we had originally. But if you're going to go all three days, that cost is in there. You need to pay just that cost, ladies, whether it's $40 for two days, $55 for all three days. You need to pay that by July the 9th because we've got to send our money in for that. Then I've also provided you the cost for the rooms uh, uh, that Sister, Lee, uh, Sister uh, Upchurch is taking care of. As we've always done, you'll pay that when you get there, but we've got to have the, the money for our tickets up front. So please, if you're going to go, sign up and then get your money to uh, uh, Sister Upchurch, Brother Upchurch. If you're making out checks, make it out to SAGBC. Uh, and I know the Lord will bless you for that. Next Sunday, everyone who is going with us to teen conference, this is parents and kids. If you're going with us and young adults to teen conference, we need to meet in the teen room uh, right after service. Need to go over some things with you, some paperwork that has to be completed, and uh, go over a few rules and regs with you so that you know what to pack, all that kind of good stuff. And we'll take care of that right after services next Sunday morning. All right, all those that are heading to children's church, junior church, come on and make your way down this morning. And uh, if you're uh, new to us or you're visiting, they're going to come around and collect any loose change for the months of June, July, and August. This is supporting our youth conference. And so since this is supporting our teen conference, I want the teenagers uh, to come help me this morning. Teenagers, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, teenagers. Uh, kids, y'all come on as well, but I want the teenagers to come help me. You come collect money. They're helping you. You come help them. Come on, guys. Teenagers, easy on that enthusiasm, y'all. Don't blow me away. Church, junior church, come on. 
Make your way this morning. Children's Church, Junior Church. Come on, come on, come on. appreciate that fellas make your way down this morning if you would you be obedient unto God with his ties and your offerings and while they're coming I want to give you two quick prayer requests you may have heard my dad in his prayer uh, asking the Lord to touch my father-in-law Bill Hicks uh, I, I ask you to pray for him he's had some health issues uh, for the last couple of weeks actually a couple of months now and we'll be going tomorrow for a blood transfusion, so pray for my father-in-law, if you would, that the Lord would touch him. Pray for the Henson family. Brother Roger and his family are at my father-in-law's church today, and uh, Brother Roger's preaching today, so praise the Lord for that. Uh, we'll be meeting them, and they're going to be coming here in September. Uh, looking forward to that. Glad to see that God's touched Brother Roger, and he's up preaching again, uh, and the Lord's using him. Lord, bless the offering today. May it be what you'd have it to be. Bless Corbin as he sings. We'll thank you and praise you now in Christ's name. Amen. I am 
Before we stand for a time of fellowship, I want to make one announcement uh, concerning something to take place next week. Our pastor will be celebrating his birthday this coming week. And uh, in doing that, we're going to celebrate his birthday next Sunday evening. We'll have the birthday celebration at Ferry Stone State Park, shelter number three. When you go through the gate, just hang a right. It's just down below the bank there. We'll have a fun food fellowship. It'll be at 5 p.m. We'll be moving our services there and uh, celebrating our pastor's birthday. We want everybody to come out. Church is providing the food. All you need to do is bring yourself and the fellowship. We're going to have a good time and show our pastor how much we love and appreciate him and all that he does for us. So come out for a great time in the Lord, Ferry Stone State Park. We'll have some more announcements during the week concerning that. But if you would, please come and attend. Church is providing everything to show up and have a good time. And let's all stand together this morning, hymn number 46. I'd rather be an old-time Christian. We'll sing the verse in the course of that. Hymn number 46, first verse and chorus. In this world I've tried most everything, and I'm happy now to say there is nothing like religion in the good old-fashioned way.
morning, the book of Ezekiel. Let me say, first of all, to all of our visitors this morning, we are absolutely honored and delighted that you're here. You have never been more welcome than you are this morning, and we're glad that you're with us today. Ezekiel chapter 22, while you're turning there, uh, we want to wish all of our dads a happy Father's Day, and in fact, as we did at Mother's Day, I want all the dads to stand in the building. All the daddies, stand up, stand up, stand up. Stand up, dads, all over the building. Give these men a big old round of applause, ladies. Amen. Thank you, fathers. You can be seated this morning. You know, ladies, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, men sometimes have a very difficult time understanding you. Amen. We, we, just, we just can't figure you out. And in fact, as soon as we think we have, doggone, you go and change the rules on us. But uh, ladies, I will also let you know that sometimes men don't always say what they mean. Amen. <clears throat> so I want to take a few moments this morning, ladies, and give to you some things that your husband probably says. And then I'd like to translate those things into what he actually means. Okay? So when a man says to you, Honey, it would take too long for me to explain this to you, what he means is, I really have no idea how this works. When a man says, Take a break, honey, you're working too hard, what he really means is, I can't hear the game over the vacuum cleaner. When a man says... Uh, can I help you with dinner? What he really means is, I cannot believe dinner ain't ready yet. When a man says, oh, honey, you know how bad my memory is. What he means is, yes, I can remember the theme song to the Dukes of Hazard. I can remember the phone number of the first girl I ever kissed. I can remember the vehicle identification number of every car I have ever owned. And yes, I forgot that today was your birthday. When a man says, yes, dear, or sure, dear, or absolutely, honey, it means absolutely nothing. Amen. <laughs> when a man says, I can't find it, what it means is it did not fall into my outstretched hand, so I'm helpless. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> When a man says, oh, don't fuss, I just nicked myself, it's no big deal. What he means is I have probably severed a limb, I'm going to bleed to death before I admit I'm hurt, so get over here and make all over me. Amen. When a man says, oh, honey, I heard you, what he says is I don't have the foggiest clue what you just said. <laughs> When a man says, yes, that looks terrific, what he means is, for God's sake, don't try on another outfit. We're late and I'm starving to death. When a man says, I'm not lost, I know exactly where we are, what he means is there's a 50-50 chance no one will ever see us alive again. When a man says, that's not what I meant, what he means is, if there's something that I said that can be interpreted in two ways, and one of the ways will make you mad and pout, I meant it the other way. When a man says, I don't remember saying that, what he means is, anything I've said six months ago is inadmissible in this new argument, and in fact, anything after seven seconds becomes inadmissible for me. Amen. And finally, and most importantly, when a man says, Honey, what color is this, or does this match? What he means is men see only in primary colors. That means that seafoam ain't a color. It's something you find at the beach. Peach ain't a color. It's a fruit. Pumpkin is something you eat at Thanksgiving, and no real man knows what taupe is. Amen. Amen. Class over. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 22, please. 
I want to read verse number 30 this morning. One simple verse of Scripture. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse number 30, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge, stand in the gap before me in the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found none. I think this is one of the saddest scriptures in all the Bible. One of the saddest verses. Once again, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me in the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Father, bless the preaching this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we can come to church and have a good time. God, you've told us that a merry heart doeth good like medicine. Lord, we come to the part of the hour today that is so crucial, so important, surely not because I'm doing it. Lord, you ordained the foolishness of preaching. So, Lord, I pray that you'd bless the outline, the message that I believe you've given us today. Lord, I pray that that we wouldn't just be hearers today, but Lord, we do it, we take it in, we would understand what's being said, and we as godly men would do the word that you shared upon our hearts today. Lord, I pray that you'd save the lost, draw us all closer to you. We'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' sweet name. Amen. Let me start by being very clear about the, the meaning of this passage. God is speaking through Ezekiel to the lower kingdom of Judah. At this point in Israeli history, Israel is divided into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom, the lower kingdom. Ezekiel is preaching or prophesying to the lower kingdom, and what he's literally saying is God is looking for someone who will stand in the gap, stand up and be a man, if you will, of prayer, of preaching in this nation And as he looks around, he cannot find anyone. By application, I want to submit to you this morning that our nation, our churches, and our families are in desperate need of good men who will stand in the gap for our families, for our churches, and for our nation. We are in desperate need of good men. In the world of education that I walk in most every day, I deal in prerequisites. A prerequisite is simply something that you must complete first in order to do the next thing. Typically, we deal with prerequisites in classes. In other words, in order to take a class where advanced writing is a requirement, the prerequisite for that course is often a basic writing skills class. You have to pass the prerequisite in order to be considered for the next course. I want to say to you this morning, folks, that there are some prerequisites to being a good father. And the prerequisite to being a good father is simply this. You need to be a good man. You cannot be a good father until you are first a good man. That means functioning as a man taking responsibility as a man, working like a man. These are prerequisites to being a good father. On this Father's Day, I want to say to all of our fathers this morning, you will never be a good father until you are first a good man. If I may go on a quick rabbit trail for just a moment, society today has unfortunately tried to re-identify what it is that makes a good man. I tried to redefine what is masculinity and femininity. Consequently, lots of people have ideas about what a good man even is. So today, we're not going to listen or take the words of a pop psychologist. We're not going to listen or take the words of a Oprah or a Dr. Phil to tell us what a good man is. We're not going to take the music of a Justin Timberlake or a Beyonce to tell us what a good man is. We're going to take the words of the Bible to identify what a good man is. 
three things this morning that I want us to look at that I believe Scripture plainly teaches us characterize a good man. Number one, good men are men who have learned to lean on the Lord. Say that once again. Good men are men who have learned to lean on the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3 verse number 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. What are the things that a man must lean on the Lord for? First of all, a man must lean on the Lord for his own salvation. I know that you know this, but I think it begs repeating this morning. We men typically by nature enjoy being in control. We like to try to make things happen. Oftentimes we tend to be fixers, if you will. We tend to be those who try to take a broken down whatever and try to fix it. Sometimes we make even more of a mess of it. Say amen, ladies. Thank you. That's all you get today. Amen. Oftentimes our fixing sometimes makes things worse, but it's in our nature to try to take something, be in control, and to make things happen. I submit to you that oftentimes by nature it is sometimes easier for a lady to lean on the Lord for salvation because as a man we just tend to be independent and self-willed. Jesus, I believe, addresses this dilemma. When he says to everyone in Matthew 18, verse 13, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and come as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. I think you understand that children have that attitude, that nature of trust. Even the male kids, even the male children have that nature or attitude of trust. But something happens when those male children begin to feel a little bit of peach fuzz on their chin. As they begin to feel that little bit of peach fuzz, I think they begin to realize or experiment with their own independence and this nature of being a man and doing it themselves. But may I simply say, from very pointed effect this morning, real men are men who know that they need the Lord. Real men are men who know that they need the Lord. They're leaning on Him for salvation. But I want to say to you also, not only do real men lean on the Lord for salvation, they also lean on the Lord for strength. They lean on the Lord for strength. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30 says, Even the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fail. Verse 31, you know it, you can probably recite it. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Many men today, perhaps understandably, believe that the degree of their manliness is defined by how much they can bench press or how big their biceps are. Listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. There is nothing wrong, fellas, with being in good shape. In fact, our round is a shape. Amen. <laughs> nothing wrong with being in good shape. In fact, let's be honest. These bodies are the temples of God. We're commanded to take care of them. Would you listen to me, especially young girls and young adult girls and teenage girls? A man with a big bicep and no character of God ain't a man. Amen. Biceps will fade. Character rarely does. So I want you to understand, girls, and I want you to understand, fellas, Physical strength is wonderful, and being in shape is wonderful. But I'll take a man with a godly character any day of the week over somebody who can bench press a car. Amen. I shared this with my choir last week. And I hope this will put a smile on your face. I was chatting a couple of weeks ago with someone at work who had met 
Brother Ken and knew he was the assistant pastor, knew also he did the youth and did the song leading as well. And I looked at this friend of mine at work and I said, you know that the preacher at that church, speaking of myself, has to be an idiot. And the fellow looked at me and said, why? And I said, well, the first song leader I had for 10 years was thin and muscular and buff and in shape. And then I got a new one. He's tall and thin and muscular. And I said, I stand between the two of them and I look like a big old tomato. Or today a lemon. Amen. I looked at that fella and I said, if I had a brain in my head, I'd get me a big old fat song leader. He looked at me. This fella's pretty round. He said, I'm not available. Amen. There is no sin, shame, or sorrow in being muscular, church. I want you to understand that. But would you amen me? Character means far more. A good man is a man who's learned to lean on the Lord. Secondly, this morning, I want you to understand that a good man is not one who's not only learned to lean on the Lord, but he is a good man who has also learned to lead of the Lord. He's learned to lean on the Lord. He's also learned to lead of the Lord. There is a gross misconception today that the term leading means bossy. Please listen to me, fellas. I know I said this to you last week downstairs in our men's Sunday school class. There are countless men in the independent Baptist churches today who cannot tell you what John 3, 16 says, uh, but boy, they can quote the verse, wives, submit yourself to your husbands inside and out. The idea of leadership is not bossiness. I submit to you this morning that if you're going to be a good man who's leading, the first thing you've got to learn to lead is your own flesh. Oh, I hope you'll amen me, fellas. The first thing you've got to learn to lead is your own flesh. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, Paul writes, This I say, walk in the Spirit, ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the lust, for the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Paul also goes on to say uh, that he is crucified with Christ. Uh, he also says that he has to die every single day. I think Paul was perhaps the greatest preacher our world has ever seen. Uh, and if Paul, the greatest preacher the world has ever seen, uh, says uh, the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things I ought not to do, I end up doing those. Uh, so i got to crucify my flesh every single day. How much more do we need to crucify ours, fellas? I want you to please listen to me, men. You need to know this. Our enemy today has set up so that you struggle with your flesh with everything you see. I, men, you understand where I'm going with this. There are elements of the flesh with which many men struggle. And please understand me that this is an area that your enemy will attack you over and over and over. You cannot turn on the television today. You can't drive down the highway today. You can't watch a film today on TV. You can't do anything without seeing that flesh paraded out in front of your very eyesight. This is one area, fellas, where the enemy will attack you every single day. Men, we've got to learn to lead our flesh, or our flesh will lead us. You've got to learn to control your flesh, or your flesh will control you. If we're going to be real men, we've got to realize that we have to lead our flesh. But then also, we have to understand that we must lead our families. And I invite you to turn with me, if you would, please, to 1 Peter chapter 3. It's the only other place that we'll be turning today. 1 Peter chapter 3, look at verse number 7, if you would, please. 1 Peter chapter number 3, verse number 7. Notice what the Bible says. 
Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them. The them there are the wives. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife. And it is this next clause that I want to talk about. As unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, 